Good morning, friends. It is great to be with you today. Today is Wednesday, April 22nd. Wednesday, April 22nd. And we are in our third part of study on heaven and hell. And I thank you for joining me this morning. Uh, so just a quick recap of the first two. Uh, the first two, the um, first one we talked about the biblical difference between heaven and hell, what the Bible says about heaven and what the Bible says about hell, what it's like. The uh, the first day we talked about uh, four things that the Bible talks about when it talks about hell, it talks about darkness and gnashing of teeth, which is a way of talking about suffering. It talks about fire uh, and unquenchable fire, and it talks about separation, uh, separation being lonely, being isolated, being by yourself. Uh, when the Bible talks about heaven, it talks about the opposite of those four things. So instead of darkness, there's light. Uh, instead of gnashing of teeth and suffering, it is a peaceful place, a place that Jesus refers to as paradise. Uh, there is crystal clear water running for, there's refreshment, there's uh, the opposite of fire, uh, and there's unity instead of separation. There's there's relationship. There's things being put back together, relationships being put back together. Uh, it's a place that uh, we all want to go to. It's a place we all want to go to. So uh, that is the difference between heaven and hell. We talked about that in part one. And we also talked about a third place, a middle place, a place known as Sheol or Hades, which is kind of a neutral place. Heaven uh, is a separate place from that. Hell is a place there. It's kind of like the land of the dead. And hell, hell is a place known as Gehenna, uh, according to the New Testament. And it is a place within the land of the dead where some people are. Uh, and so today it's important that we understand that there's a middle place, uh, a place where people are uh, biblically, we're talking biblically, a place where people are where they're not necessarily gnashing teeth and in darkness and in fire and in separation, but a place where, where people are. It's important that we know that as we go along today. Okay, so yesterday we talked about uh, who gets in because heaven is an invitation-only place, right? You can only be invited into heaven and God is in charge of the guest list. So who gets in? Uh, who is on God's guest list? Well, okay, so we talked about who who are the people who God has promised an invitation to? Uh, the faithful people, John three sixteen. those who believe in Jesus Christ, right? They're on the guest list. Uh, and then we talked a little bit about John three seventeen, where the Son of Man did not come to condemn the world, but to save the world. Uh, God wants to save. And then Patty asked the question about, well, what about verse 18 that says, whoever does not believe is condemned, um, but if you add verse 19 in there, it's because they loved darkness and evil. They love darkness and evil. We're going to get to that today. We're going to get to that today. So good question, Patty, uh, that uh, we will cover today. Okay, so uh, we talked about the faithful people are invited. God has promised the uh, Israelites, Romans 11, Paul writes that uh, all of Israel will be saved because God's promises are irrevocable. And so that's important. That's a very important piece of, of God's invitation list, that all of Israel is invited uh, because God's promises are irrevocable. And then we talked about those who are baptized who stop believing. And um, 
or wandered away from the faith. And, and we use John 10, verse 28, that no one snatches them out of my hand and uh, gave credit to Pastor Kathy Baines because she's the one who, who taught me this, that if, if, you're, if you have received the promise of eternal life, then you're getting eternal life. That's, that's what we believe about God. So, uh, so that's where we are today. Now the question is, what about everyone else? What about everyone else? The people who who never had a chance to believe, uh, and the um, uh, the people who uh, had a chance but cho- chose not to. What about everyone else? What happens to people who die and never heard the gospel? Let's start there. What happens to people who? Uh, this is a question that I get all the time. What about people who died before Jesus came? What about people who died before they heard the gospel? Uh, you know, the, it may have taken a thousand years for the gospel to get from Jerusalem to anywhere, Sri Lanka or, uh, you know, Fiji or, you know, just places that are kind of desolate and not quite desolate, but in the middle of nowhere and hard to get to and certainly would have been really hard to get to a thousand years ago. So what about them? Okay. John chapter five, John chapter five, starting at verse 25 and going through verse 29, John five, 25 through 29, probably not a verse you see, a text you see very often. Not really something we preach about a lot in the lectionary, not something that you see people holding on signs, you know, at football games. But an important verse, Jesus said, very truly, I tell you, a time is coming and now has come when the dead will hear the voice of the son of God and those who hear will live. For as the father has life in himself, so he has granted the son of the son also to have life in himself and he has given him authority to judge because he is the son of man. Okay, so we're going to stop there that's verse 25 through 27. God has given Jesus authority to judge to, to judge those who are dead. Okay, verse 28. Important, important. Do not be amazed at this, Jesus said, for a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done what is good will rise to live, and those who have done what is evil will rise to be condemned. I'm going to say that again. Those who have done what is good will rise to live, and those who have done what is evil will rise to be condemned. That is powerful stuff right there, folks. That is a huge theological statement that Jesus makes, an answer to a theological question that we all struggle with. Huge. Huge. Okay. So those who didn't get a chance to believe in Jesus, those who died before they heard about Jesus, will rise from the dead and will be judged. And those who have done what is good will rise to live, and those who have done what is evil will rise to be condemned. So this idea, this concept of resurrection, Jesus extends to all of humanity, both those who believed and those who didn't, those who never heard of Jesus, those who died without ever hearing the gospel. And they will be judged based on whether they have done good or whether they have done evil. So back to John 3.18. Jesus says, Whoever does not believe is condemned because they loved darkness and evil. Is it possible that you cannot believe in Jesus and be a good person? Is it possible to believe in Jesus and know that? Yes, you can be a good person and not believe in Jesus. And right here, Jesus is saying, if you have done good, if you have done what is good, you will rise to live. This is, I mean, this is 
controversial stuff, right? We, we, a lot of people want to pretend that Jesus didn't say this, but he did. It's right here hidden in John's gospel. Jesus is saying, you know, if you were a good person, but you didn't have a chance to believe, you know what? You're invited too. You're on the guest list. This is beyond, um, beyond Christian theology, right? This is beyond, you know, faith and, and, and baptism and getting in through grace. This is God saying, okay, this is everyone else. I'm looking for reasons to save people. So, um, okay. So, is it possible to live a life without faith in Jesus and be a good person? Yes, absolutely. And so, this says that for those who didn't have an opportunity to believe uh, and were still good people, that Jesus is still going to welcome them in. This is, I mean, this this is here in Scripture. This is the, and, and this is something that we've argued about for years. And I just, I mean, the argument goes long back before I was born, long before any of us were born. And it's like, well, it's right here. Jesus covered it. For whatever reason, we don't, I mean, everyone should know these verses. These verses should be, every Christian should know these. I mean, they're, they're just so important. And uh, okay, so the statement Jesus makes refers to those who were dead at the point that he was speaking because they never had a chance to hear about him, right? Because they lived before he lived, and so they couldn't have heard about him. The, the question then is, what about people who died after Jesus died, regardless if it was 500 BC or 2019? Are there, is there people who uh, never had a chance to hear about Jesus? We talked a little bit about this yesterday. Babies never had a chance to hear about Jesus. Uh, you know, and thousands, millions, billions of people in between who died after Jesus, but never had a chance to hear that. I would argue that, you know, if this is, if this is the nature of Jesus, if this is the nature of the one who has, this is important. Uh, this is so, the whole thing here is important. Um, verse 27, God has given Jesus authority to judge because he is the son of man. So if this is the kind of judge that Jesus is, that Jesus is going to go back to those who didn't have a chance, why would it be different going forward? Why would Jesus say, for those who never heard about Jesus? So I would argue that if you lived your life and you never heard about Jesus and you were a good person, now, what, what, what means good and what means evil? How good do you have to be? That's not up to us. That's not up to me. But, but I'm saying there's a chance, right? There's a chance. And that's all, that's all we can hope for is a chance. Um, and it's, we, you know, we, we leave it up to the mercy and grace of God, period. Okay. So now what about the others? What about the others? The people who did have a chance to believe, the people who heard the gospel chose not to. What about them? Okay. This one is going to take a little bit of uh, patience as a, it's a long reading, uh, but I invite you to stay with me. And um, here we go. Matthew 25, the judgment of the nations, verses uh, 31 through 46. Okay. Jesus said, when the son of man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people from one another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. 
For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Verse 37. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry or feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see, uh, see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? The king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on the left, depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you didn't invite me in. I needed clothes and you didn't clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. Then they'll answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did not do for the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Okay, I'm sure we've all heard this one before. The Matthew 25, the judgment of the nations. Uh, it's not a parable. This is a future scene of judgment, a vision of what will be. According to Jesus, his judgment will occur immediately upon his return. Uh, and so this is a, an, interesting, an interesting vision. Uh, when he returns, Jesus is going to have the authority as the one who has been given the authority to judge, to judge uh, humanity, to divide humanity into two categories, sheep and goats, right and left, those who are invited and those who aren't invited. And based on this Matthew 25 text, the people are going to be divided over whether they are good people or whether they are evil people. And what is goodness? Goodness is helping others. And what is evil? Evil is selfishness. Uh, notice, notice it says here, none of these people did anything bad. No, they were just apathetic. They didn't care about others. All they cared about was themselves. They weren't bad people. They didn't kill. They didn't lie. They didn't, you know, they didn't do all those things. Jesus didn't say, you, you know, you committed adultery, you were a murderer, you, you go through the Ten Commandments, these are the things you did. No, they didn't love their neighbor. That was their sin. They were apathetic. They didn't care. That was it. You didn't care. You were selfish. And that means you're not welcome. Okay. Okay. We read this and we ask, well, have I done enough good to be saved? What about grace? What happened to forgiveness? What happened to I'm saved because I believe? Because I was baptized. What about all that? Okay. Let's go back now to Matthew 24. If you have a Bible and you're reading it, maybe you don't, that's okay. Matthew 24 and Matthew 25 are like one speech. Remember, when Jesus spoke, he didn't speak in chapters and verses. He didn't be like, okay, next verse now. Okay, next verse now. Okay, new chapter. No, that was all done later. So if you're reading this uh, without chapters and verse, this is all one speech. This is all Matthew 24 and Matthew 25 are one speech. Okay, so the judgment is after the faithful are already taken up to heaven, as described in Matthew 24, verses 36 through 41. This is something that we call the rapture. It's something we don't 
especially as Lutherans don't really like to talk about. But Jesus says, but about the day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the son, but only the father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the son of man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be when the, at the coming of the Son of Man. Verse 40. Two will be working in a field, one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill, one will be taken and one will be left. Okay. So, verse Matthew 24. The faithful are already gone. So those who believe, those who believe in God, that God is a God of grace, those who believe that Jesus died for our sins and for our salvation, they're gone already. Matthew 25, then, is Jesus judging those who are left, those who didn't believe, those who had an opportunity to believe but chose not to, those who, you know, were good people or bad people, but they just didn't believe in Jesus. Okay, the reward for those on the right is that they enter into the Father's kingdom. They were approved of on the basis of their works. They were saved on the basis of their works because they were good people. So is this works righteousness? You can say it is, but it's works righteousness for people who have no idea what works righteousness is because they're not living a life trying to please God, but they're still good people. They do good things. They help others. They could be... They could be Muslims, they could be Hindu, they could be Buddhist, they could be atheists, they could be all those things, but they're good people who live a life where they help others, they just don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah. This says that at the end of all things, when the judgment comes, that they will be invited. Now, we can argue that they're not going to be, we can, you know, there's other places in scripture, obviously we can, but that's what this says. And so I'm just I'm presenting to you what the Bible says. Okay, so in Matthew 25, there's no mention of faith or even forgiveness. It's just a mention that, hey, you were a really nice person to other people. Would you like to come in? This is consistent with what Jesus said in John chapter 5. Hey, you were a good person. You did good things. You helped others. Would you like to come in? You're invited. The faithful are already in. All of Israel is already in because God's promises are irrevocable. The baptized are already in because God's promises are irrevocable. This is everyone else. This is everyone else. Matthew 25 and John chapter 5. It's important that when we read these, we realize that Jesus is talking about people who aren't believers. This is an invitation to them at the end of all things, because John three seventeen, the son of man did not come to condemn the world, but to save the world. Now, those who don't believe they're not saved because they loved darkness and evil. Okay. They love darkness and evil. So when they're judged at the end, Jesus is going to say, you were somebody who loved darkness and evil. You were selfish. You were apathetic to the needs of others. Huge, huge, huge theological shift here, um, and it's but it's important that we know that this is what the Bible says. Okay, he finishes by saying, um, "Then they will go their way to uh, go away to eternal punishment." So, just a word on eternal or everlasting punishment. 
The literal meaning of the actual Greek world word is not eternal. It's age long. Eternity was not really a concept that people understood at that time that, you know, just all all the way into the future with no end. You know, it's age long. Because of this, some have thought that the suffering uh, of hell is not eternal. We talked about this on Monday. The thousand-year tribulation, the lake of burning sulfur, which is the, the second death, that for a thousand years people could be in hell, and then they uh, they have. there's two, two arguments here, two arguments here, that after a thousand years, those people uh, could be rehabilitated and brought to heaven. So hell could be a place of purification, kind of like a purgatory, uh, our understanding of purgatory, but with some kind of we think of it as punishment, but we could think of it as purification. You know, the, the fires of purification. Don't know. Uh, that's just uh, a scholarly argument. Others believe, as I said on Monday, that after the thousand years, that those who uh, just cease to exist, they're the, the second death, the lake of burning sulfur. Uh, they die a final death at the final judgment uh, in Revelation 20. Um, and so then hell is a place where it's just waiting for that judgment, for that final judgment and that final death. Okay, uh, Revelation 20, chapter, uh, chapter 20, verses 14 through 15. We said this on Monday, but the, then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Okay, so two theories. One is that people spend time in hell. They're purified. Uh, they go through a purification process, and then they are welcome into heaven. The second is that after this time, they're just, they, they die a final death and they just cease to exist and don't have to, you know, they're not punished anymore, nothing anymore. They're just, they just don't exist anymore. Both theories can be true. In hell, people can have a chance to change. If they choose not to, then they will cease to exist. If they choose to believe if they, choose, uh, if they choose to change their ways, to understand that God's ways are better than theirs, maybe they can get in. Who knows? Scripture opens up possibilities. It opens up possibilities so that we can realize that heaven and hell, who gets there, is not black and white. It's not, well, religious, faithful people go to heaven and everyone else goes to hell. The, 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 there's too many verses in Scripture uh, there's too many under different understandings, different things that Jesus said for that to for us to just take that as truth. We like black and white. We like to see things in black and white. One thing is true, and the other thing uh, is is false. Or this is true that you know Christians are getting in, and no one else is. Well, our God is not a God of black and white. Our God is a God of gray. Lutheran theology is not black and white. Lutheran theology is saint and sinner. You know, you're either a saint or a sinner, right? No, in Lutheran theology, you're both. Both can be true. And so we live in the difficulty of that theology. We live in, we live in the duality. We live in the paradox and say, in the tension and say, it's okay to be here. It's okay. It's okay not to know. It's okay not to know. It's okay to trust that God is a God of grace and a God of mercy and a God of love and that God wants to save people, that God wants to invite people. It's okay to say that. Don't have to. We don't have to have black and white theology because black and white theology does not describe God. Period. So that is heaven and hell, part three. Hope you all are taking good care of yourself. Thank you all for participating. 
It was great to be with you all today in this way and hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day. Uh, Let's close with a word of prayer. Uh, Lord God, we thank you for your grace. We thank you that you invite us to be in relationship with you, uh, not just in heaven, but here on earth and while we live this life. We pray for those who have died. Uh, We pray that... um, that our loved ones, uh, those who are faithful, those who have passed down the faith to us are living in paradise now and that we will be reunited with them one day. And we pray for those who don't know you, Lord. We pray that your grace would extend to them, uh, that your grace would be bigger than we could ever imagine. And so we just pray that you would continue to guide us, continue to protect us. uh, And we pray that you would help heal our world, help heal our world and be with those who are working so hard to do so. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day, everybody. Take good care of yourself and catch up with you soon.